0: to another episode of the lectures podcast uh, where we talk about everything related to Pakistan cricket this is your host Jay and I'm joined by Rufan what's up Rafan? how's it going man
1: I'm good man how's it going
0: I'm doing okay too how's your cricket life man what you been up to making uh, centuries making centuries yes <laughs> uh,
1: just watching watching IPL and watching Players make century outside <laughs> Pakistan cricket pretty much, even though Babur Azam did have one century. So that's that's good news.
0: That's right, man. He's like the new, uh, highest run getter right now, right? In T20, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's
1: uh surpassed uh, Bharat Kohli a uh, long time ago. I don't think he can catch up anytime soon. And Rizwan is right after him, so yeah, a couple of good players coming out of Pakistan cricket. Good for uh, them, and good we've, for We've them. always been. Kings of T20, right? Despite what uh, turmoil we've been in lately. Yeah, so talking about cricket, T20 World Cup's coming up, man. What are your thoughts about that? Are you excited?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I want to just see Pakistan play a bunch of different teams, Mm -hmm. you know, especially uh, teams like India, Australia, England, and New Zealand, and all of the teams that they haven't really played, to be honest. You know, I know Pakistan puts on a great show with... Most teams like Pakistan West Indies games are always fun too. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen Pakistan with, with some of these other teams. So I'm just really, really excited to see that that environment, that atmosphere and see what happens. Yeah, me too. And, you know, Pakistan is currently
1: playing the National Cup since all the other teams are betraying us and not, not <laughs> touring. So, so we needed something. So that was a good initiative to turn that into a National Cup. You know, get these boys, get some experience and uh, get ready for, for T20 while others are playing cricket at home and IPL, right? So it's uh, definitely gonna be beneficial for us.
0: I feel like this whole tournament is kind of revealing a couple of different things too in a weird way. So we had this new team selection and I know we have some controversy around who are the members of the team, these four players that keep on uh, coming up. I think Azam Khan is one of them. There's a couple of these other players that a lot of people challenge the their selection for the t20 team right. but it's looking like some of them are not performing very well right now and they're not making a good case for their selection so a lot of people are talking about how this tournament in pakistan right now the national t20 tournament going on is going to lead to some cuts from the team because some of the players are not performing as they should be to impress the selectors and uh, get 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 on get on the list for for the games in the world cup
1: yeah, it just opens up doors for criticism even more right
0: yeah so
1: all, all of these people who weren't on board with the current selection and a couple of them don't perform it's bad news so.
0: <laughs> right you know, right before thing, the World Cup.
1: Right it's good thing they're getting to you know practice. But at the same time, people are watching. So there's going to be more criticism. And there are other stars that are going to rise from it, right? So
0: yeah. uh, I
1: think uh, Asif Ali is doing pretty well. We have uh, what, Sir Faraz. He, he performed. Bob Razum is good. So that was a good choice to begin with. And uh, Rizwan is doing good. And there were a couple other new guys that, man, I didn't know about. They've been batting pretty well. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I, I think we have until October something to change selection so that the deadline is uh, still around. The window hasn't closed yet, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a last-minute kind of a team, which it's not that great, right? Like for most teams, they have a a sense of stability around who's selected, when they're selected, and what the team makeup looks like. But for us, unfortunately, we have a bit of a mix-up right now with, with at least three to four players that might change. There's a lot of uncertainty around the middle order. There are a lot of uncertainty around the Malik and the Hafiz, um, Hafiz less so, but Malik, but Malik did a pretty, he had a pretty good innings uh, in one of the games as well.
1: Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. He's the one who was, uh, cut from the T20. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, he does provide a bit of stability right now, especially in these types of conditions where he were batting, uh, You know, you have to bat on slower wickets or you have to bat on wickets with less of a bounce or tricky situations. He has the experience to deal with that. So
1: I do feel he outperforms in any Desi type of pitches, whether Pakistan, UAE or India. So and he's a pretty strong wall in the middle order. Especially when when we start losing wickets fast, he's the one around and uh usually closes the game in these situations
0: so yeah we'll see what happens where do you land on that by the way this is a, a thing that wasn't on our agenda today and, we'll, and we still haven't gone to our agenda <laughs> so, so this we, just we, came up.
1: we can never run out of content man it's <laughs> pakistan cricket so
0: that's right that's right so where do you stand on this whole idea of the the seniority level versus new blood in the team right where because i know for example uh, ramiz Raja has this uh perception or I think it's clearly stated his view that he prefers the young blood a lot of the times and he wants to kind of be done with the old and out with the new and and see what happens with the new and give the new guys a chance and stay with them for a while while other people are saying well don't replace people unless you have somebody really solid to replace a person with like Shoaib Malik or uh, Muhammad Afiz if you don't have people to replace those two then don't replace but I think Ramiz Raja has leaned in the direction of replacing when he feels like new blood needs to come in and we need to add some excitement and aggression to the game. Where do you land on that?
1: Hey, man, look at, look at Tom Brady, right? The guy is almost 40 or over 40, right? He's still playing. Uh, I think these players, if they're performing, you at least need a couple of senior players to guide the younger team. And they have the experience. They know how to handle pressure. The only thing I disagree with is, is these players keep on going, right? And, and they target four years of World Cup. And they're approaching their 40s. So if anybody who's going to replace them... It's got to be themselves. So they have to care for younger blood, and they should recommend coach juniors under them and, and give them room. That's what I agree with. But if they're performing, I don't think the selection committee should mess with that, especially if there's only two or three left from 10 years ago, right? We have a pretty young team. We definitely need guidance. We saw that when Ms. and Yunus left the test team. And we were number one in test cricket and they retire and look what happened. We're like number six or seven. Same thing happened to one day cricket. T20, we're hovering one, two, three, which is good. But T20 cricket is usually represented by young people. So I think if, if you're going to try the younger talent, it's got to be from T20 and they like to hit. They're not your test players who are going to do tuk-tuk like Mizba, you know? So if you're going to test them out, this is the time, man. T20 World Cup.
0: I hear you. I I 100% believe that we need to not make change for the sake of making a change. Sometimes we can lean in that direction as far as our selection is concerned. You know, people get fed up with somebody's statement or somebody's behavior outside of the field or something happened that kind of puts people on a bad list and then they don't get a chance, even if they have a good talent. I think Shoebachter was a good example of that. A lot of times he had this bad kind of reputation, but he lost a lot of years, a lot of good years when he could have been on the team. Just because people did not know how to manage his personality or lead him the way he could be led by a stronger leader. So I think things like that seem to happen quite often. And I don't think those are the reasons, especially those are, should not be the reasons why people should be omitted from a team. In this case, I feel um, Shoaib Malik, especially in Hafiz, they also bring in. They're really good. I mean, Malik especially is a really good fielder, man. At one point, he was the best fielder in the in, in the side, right. and I, I would say arguably right now too. I mean, I don't see anybody else better than him in in, in the fielding. So he's quit, that's a good
1: point, right? You know? So two two seniors we have, they're they're both all-rounders. So Hafiz bowls, Shoaib Malik has started as a bowler, right? And they're both phenomenal fielders, man. So it's yeah. the only issue we've had that is non-fixable for some reason is fielding. I don't know what what goes on in Pakistani camps that we're not able to produce good fielders. And when you have those, either make them coaches around your team. We got a couple guys, right? We couple new guys who are good fielders. Bar- Barber is okay. And then we have a couple more, but 80% of our cricket team is really bad at catching and fielding.
0: What would be your, let's say, top three fielders from Pakistani side of all time for you. Putting you on the spot there uh, for a second. Uh, no, no, I, <laughs> I
1: can answer that. I, I would definitely say Malik is one of them.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: If we're including wicket keepers, you got Rashid Latif and Muin Khan. They're, they were one of the best. Totally. To, to stand behind the wickets. And and uh, let's not forget Afridi, man. Afridi was
0: pretty good. And that, He would be on my list for sure. He yeah. was really good. We have had some good fielders. We just haven't been able to hold on to them. Or for some reason, we haven't been able to transfer those skills uh, into players. Do you think that's a natural ability or it's a, it's a skill built over time?
1: I think it's all practice, man. I mean, you can turn a bad fielder. They're, they're all techniques, right? So it's, it's not just aim and your eye-hand coordination. It's uh, practice over time that uh, solves it. Uh, I remember when John T Rhodes held a training camp in Pakistan a few years back and Mm. it, the results showed, man, the next series, I remember everybody was performing very well and it's just, just practice of those basic techniques over and over again. And that's all it takes.
0: It's funny you mentioned that because I feel like I noticed a drastic change in the way our players are starting to dive. Now. I think people have learned how to dive a little bit better. They're not falling on their knees. They're actually keeping their legs straight, trying to fall on their stomach. Elbows, etc., as opposed to, you know, dropping on your knees and friggin' <laughs> busting your knees your, up.
1: Dropping your bellies and teeth. Now that they put they put their knee down first, <laughs> right? And use that as leverage before they fall. I mean, oh, and these yeah. are basics, right? Right. Right. These things can be taught. Like, yeah, but you know, people they, were
0: hurting themselves trying to dive the wrong way man a lot of these players so i'm glad to see some of those i think the newer players it's, definitely these girls have have helped definitely them. getting better
1: so uh, what do you think of pakistan chances in t20 world cup man we're you know in midst of two series cancellation that's the question uh, that's the trail form from old allies and a total overhaul of pcb management new chairman new coaches and uh, cherry <laughs> on top, our CEO just quit last week.
0: Yeah, I, I really, I, I mean, I think we should definitely talk about the World Cup team once we know a little bit about the team uh, yeah. next Next week, probably in our next yeah, episode. Yeah. But to answer your we question... We can talk about
1: what Team Khan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can, we can talk about the team that's that's still being built. But just to briefly mention what I think about the World Cup, I think it's like, it's such a weird situation that Pakistan is in. It's like Pakistan against the world. It really is Pakistan right. against the whole world. And I think it has a lot of pressure on, on the guys, but I, I do see and feel that they're motivated. The games that I've watched so far in the National T20, there's this energy in the guys that I'm noticing. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of, there's no like lethargic behavior. People are not just dragging their feet, et cetera. People are really taking the game seriously. So I feel like they will bring this energy and build on this energy. I just, I just feel they don't tire themselves out of this tournament because they're going right into this World Cup. So I feel like they have a very good chance.
1: I agree, man. I I, I do think they're more of uh, black sheep or, or corner tigers, the term we should use from 92. Yeah, right? I, I think Happy it
0: applies. All right. <laughs> yeah.
1: What, 69?
0: I don't know the age, but yeah. Probably. <laughs> 69 on paper. That's a hard They're thing to get accurate. Dave, Khan. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> well, you know what, what, what uh, concerns me is that our home away from home, UAE, we usually perform well. We know the pitches there. But uh, problem is there's the entire world playing there already, <laughs> ripping our pitches that's apart right. and getting familiarized with our home turf. So that's going to be a little challenging. So we're going to arrive. uh, I'm not sure when was the last time we played a series in UAE, but all these uh, top players who are involved in IPL, they're going back to their country. They're coming back to play T20, and they're going to be pretty familiar to the local conditions. I think the
0: point you're bringing up about the wear and tear of the pitch is a a good one. I think it's an important one because what's happened in the IPL games also is that the pitches have deteriorated over time in a way that – yeah. has effective batting so if you notice the totals that that are happening uh, that teams are achieving right now the totals are getting smaller and smaller right. Um, right which means that something's happened with the pitches that is preventing bigger runs and bigger shots to happen so um it's it's interesting i think Pakistan does have a disadvantage there all of a sudden in a weird way even though this used to be their home ground now all of a sudden these pitches are behaving in a different way or there might be at, They might be at a different stage of their life by the time Pakistan gets there. So they kind of don't know what they're going to get. So it's interesting.
1: And the other thing is it's pretty hot during the summer and we're, we're used to these hard pitches in Pakistan, right? They're coming here, pitches are all, already ripped apart and it's going to be a little cooler than summer. So, so the conditions are definitely going to be against Pakistan and they're playing the National Cup as we speak. So that's going to be a sudden change. And we usually don't perform well on soft pitches. So see we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And in Pakistan, nothing's changed, right? Every World Cup we <laughs> enter, <we're laughs> there's
0: never, always something.
1: We're never favorites. Uh, apart from 96, maybe, because we had just won the 92 World Cup. And yeah. we had, what, 11 superstars in the team. <laughs> and well, we were still not favorites.
0: <laughs> I would have said 99, too, man. I mean, that 99 was, a, was pretty good, yeah. That yeah, was a crazy yeah. team also. That was
1: probably the last time. We were considered as favorites, even though yeah. we made it pretty far in two thousand three. Uh, it was Vasim yeah. Wakar I remember When that was over, well, we didn't see any. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking Super of start speaking of sudden changes, and Wasim, there's another Wasim, Wasim Khan. He was he resigned about 10, 10 or so days ago, maybe last two weeks ago, right?
1: A week ago, maybe not 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 even too long.
0: Yeah, it hasn't been that long. So, what was your immediate reaction to that? I think we both agree this this is a guy
1: who was well overqualified for this position, right? And this is nothing new to him, to bring uh, cricket out of turmoil. He's done it before. And in previous episodes, we talked about players slash leaders checking all the boxes. Yeah. And he had it all. He's played cricket. Uh, he has MBA. The, the guy was well-spoken, intelligent. And he was uh, genuinely concerned about the infrastructure of uh, Pakistan cricket rather than quick miracles. And he didn't make any mistakes when he did. And that's honorable that he took charge, reversed his decisions. And when I say that, I'm talking about when he appointed Mizbah as chief selector and the coach at the same time. And he came out, he, he admitted that was a wrong decision and took it back. And that's, that's admirable, man. And you have two types of leaders, right? One who want immediate change, considering they are in the business to make change, and not there that they're not power hungry and not there to make money. And you have the other type of people who are not concerned about their immediate success, but they generally want to strengthen the foundation of an organization and uh, provide a sound infrastructure for future leaders to build upon. And i think wasim khan was that guy so it was really disappointing and i i i'm not sure where cricket is going to go from here especially in pakistan but this guy uh just like any other politician in pakistan man if you don't see change within a year or so you're out and and this guy was really putting in some laying some hard uh, concrete uh, pathway for our future generation and, and, and really sad that he was, and I'm just concerned about was he let go or was it his own decision? Cause we would have to take some of the praises back we gave to Ramiz Raja, because I know he was pretty, uh, tight with Misbah and, and Vakar Yunus. He really liked those, uh, uh, two coaches. So I'm not sure if it has anything to do with Ramiz Raja because Ramiz Raja is supposed to be as a chairman make management decision. And not executive ones so that's a uh, overreach on his part so I'm, I'm sure it doesn't continue and and ramiz had, had nothing to do with this but we'll find out
0: no i think uh, a lot of people were big big fans of wasim khan i think because he was kind of an outsider in a way you know he came from outside of pakistan from the uk he as you've mentioned all the qualities that he had the intelligence and the the integrity I just felt I was very impressed by his, his honesty any anytime I heard him speak all of his interviews right. he answered questions with uh, transparency ref- yeah. yeah which is not and, and I, I feel that with Ramiz too like I've that's not usually common in a lot of our uh, leadership in Pakistani cricket there's things that people don't talk about there's things that people kind of sugarcoat uh, and then they are leaked through media through like you know, weird underground channels and you you learn about all these weird things happening behind the scenes. but with with both Ramiz and we're talking about Wasim. so wasim Khan, I think he always spoke very honestly, and I really felt I I could trust him when he was when he spoke. Um, I, I want to read his statement real quick uh, that he made and um, this was seven days ago, I think when he his resignation was accepted. Here's what Ramiz had to say and I quote, During his time with the PCB, Wasim Khan provided excellent leadership, particularly following the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, when very little information was available and precise decision-making was required to ensure cricket remained unaffected and continued to be played at the domestic and international levels. The PCB owes Wasim Khan a debt of gratitude for his good leadership, and we wish him well in his future plans and career endeavors. And I do feel that that's one of the things that we really need to remember and thank Wasim Khan for the way he dealt with the whole pandemic situation, the way he tried to bring cricket back to Pakistan. I thought he was very successful and I thought he was going to be even more successful if yeah. he continued on the post. I just, I, you know, we'll talk about the, the landscape of his resignation in, in a moment, but I thought he would have been good to continue with. Right, um, right. So it's, it's kind of a sad, sad news for me too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a selfless uh, effort on his part. He wasn't concerned about changing cricket overnight. He, he was not, uh, he, he was a realist, man. He, he knew what was going on and he focused on certain aspects, uh, whether it be, and he started at a really bad time, man. Yeah. COVID was happening. He was trying to bring cricket back. And, and how it's just sad how his uh, reigns really ended with two countries postponing their or, or canceling their tours. yeah. Which And he cried, man. You, uh, I don't know if you've seen the footage of him walking outside, all teary-eyed because he was genuinely hurt by New Zealand and England's decision. He, he wasn't happy with that. And he also, he expanded the digital platform for Pakistan. Yes, cricket. I don't know if you remember back in the day when we used to go through internet to find a Pakistan match. Uh, and only time we found them, it was when it was against India, because they already had the digital platform and a better right. reach than Pakistan. And now you see it, man. It's on any channel, it's on YouTube. What better platform than YouTube? So every match that happens uh, in Pakistan or any Pakistani series, you'll find it very easy. PCB broadcasts it That's huge. on their own channel. That's huge. That's and huge. to reach the crowd, around the globe and the audience is great and and he worked a lot towards the women's cricket as well so he's yeah. done a lot of things that are we don't even know about so yeah. so he was definitely focusing on the right things and i, I really wish he was around for another uh, at least uh, another year
0: yeah at least it, it would have been nice to have him pass the torch in a more appropriate and at a more opportune way. time yeah. right <laughs> it this was not an opportune time and for you this know, to happen
1: it's it's ironic you talk about how honest these guys are Ramiz and and Basim and and it's uh sad that the only time they have to lie is when liars are involved right. running the show so so he uh you know stated his and you'll talk about it in a bit his family reasons right away from family he wants to spend time with his kids and stuff that would that was probably the only lie he told <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> because he was forced to do that. And then Ramiz yes. Raj is going to come out. He's going to be asked questions about Muhammad Waseem uh, Khan, and he's going to have to lie because somebody else made the decision on his part, on his behalf, if he yeah. didn't do self so it's 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 sad man and i i really hope it's not a clean slate after that because that keeps on happening every time somebody leaves oh let's start over
0: what you were mentioning before about all the things that he's done all the like unsung actions that he took that are not out in the spotlight that people might not recognize with with the media advancements and the recognition and uh, and the brand awareness of PCB and even merchandise small things like that just marketing the heck out of it in a way in a newer way for Pakistan a lot of the other teams were already there with Pakistan was not in this kind of marketing and now they are under him I think it's sad and also kind of a hall- hallmark of a good leader uh, that they achieve great things without getting the recognition and they don't necessarily care for the recognition. Like he wasn't dying to be on camera all the time. A lot of times leaders in these positions of power want to always be on camera, just be the face. Cause you know, they have their own egos or whatever. He was not like that. He only came on when he needed to come on. He, he only came on when people, you know, uh, invited him and had, had a question to ask of him. He usually refrained from being, on media, which shows that he was actually doing his work instead of worrying yeah, about, yeah. <laughs> you know. And camera. his uh,
1: the history speaks for itself, man. He uh, he was also a CEO of a Chance to Shine campaign in England. I don't know if you know about it. That was uh, not much a campaign dedicated towards competitive uh, state school cricket. Mm-hmm. and he was able to raise 50 million pounds so he's always uh, been on the right side of what needs to be done so this is not the guy who's teaching you how to draw right he's the guy who wants to ensure there are in, enough canvases and paint brushes for artists to work with so he he knows what's important he's not here to make kamran akmal Imran Khan. <laughs> right. He just wants to make sure you have the infrastructure there, you have the training facilities, and that's how you start off. So he's trying to set the baseline, and he knew that he will not get credit. He, if he was, he were around another three, four years, he would have retired, right, or, or moved on. And that's what's so respectable about this man, because he wasn't going to take any credit, just like any other politician. He just puts in the work and the leaders that come after him, that's when you see the change yep. that he inputted. And they were going to take credit, but he didn't care about that. He just wanted to genuinely fix the industry and the organization. And that's why he was there. And it's 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 really depressing that <laughs> we're going to be uh, in hands of our, our politicians again. And yeah. I, I really hope they they add on to what he's already done for PCB and not start with a clean slate again.
0: I think he's done a pretty good job of setting a good foundation and I think what would be wiser in Pakistan if we continue some of the work and kind of take on what he's left behind. With that said, the circumstances of the resignation are a bit unclear. Obviously, yeah. you you mentioned before that everybody seems to be citing this family thing. That seems to be the new thing that everybody says they're doing. Yunus Khan left his coaching position. He also cited family, but the real issue was something else. Then you know, everybody who leaves nowadays is saying that they miss their family because of COVID. So that's clearly not the only reason, if any. Even if it is partially true, it's not the only reason. What, what one of the uh, news stories that's that's come out is that. There's this sort of a campaign in PCB uh, around austerity, thinking about, you know, shrinking expenses and stuff. And one of the stories that I heard was that there was a decrease in his salary after obviously, you know, PCB has lost some money. So with the games gone out the window with New Zealand and England, there's some lost revenue there, not some, a lot of lost revenue there. And then increasing the pay for first-class cricketers that's lots, you know money there that's money being allocated somewhere else and it seems I, I don't think there's a lot of evidence for this but the rumors are that the pay of the CEO was decreased and this is also one of the reasons that Wasim was Wasim Khan was not happy with and he wanted to move on right
1: yeah they always uh cite his salary right every time they criticize them he may make so much money he's not a true Pakistani, uh, he's a foreigner, and we should give our own ex cricketers uh, opportunities to be CEOs, whatever. So, so I, I, I'm not sure if that's true. Even if it is, if he saw his salary decrease drastically, that's just a sign that he was gonna let go, or or just a bump, really, a push to recognize that we no longer need you. So th- some type of indication uh, for him to resign himself.
0: Yeah. I feel like sometimes in Pakistan, in our psyche, in our just national psyche and identity, we, we often l- lead with the heart, which has its benefits. Pakistani people are a great people, very hospitable, right. uh, generous people. But the, the pitfall is we also lead with a lot of emotion. And this expectation that people should do things for less money for patriotism, or for the betterment of their country is kind of, it's kind of a nice thing. But it's also like a la la land kind of a dream, right? And everybody shouldn't be expected to just be able to sacrifice some of their values or their needs because of a greater goal of of the nation. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think everybody should have that. Of course, you should do well for your country. But to expect that of somebody to do an extraordinary kind of a job for less because they should do it for patriotism or the love of country, it's kind of, to me, it's a bit unfair. And I also believe that you get what you pay for. If you want a world-class leader, you, you got to pay a world-class salary to, to keep them simple. If, if you want a mediocre kind of a job, then go lower. I think if we if we want the system to become stronger, we do have to spend money in the right places. And I think Ramiz is doing that. I don't know how crazy this salary was if it was compared to international standards. But I know, for example, our athletes don't even make anywhere near international standards. And that's one of the reasons... Many people argue behind a lot of the spot fixing of the past. So, yeah. you know, we, we have to understand these things and, and put the money where the money really belongs. It, it belongs to the players and it belongs to the leaders who are responsible for running the show really well. If they don't run the show, they shouldn't leave. They should be asked to leave. But uh, we shouldn't be, I think, looking to decrease their salaries because of it.
1: Yeah, and these people have uh, families to feed. They're they're away from home. Their kids that they don't get to see. Emotionally, it's it's very stressful. Not reimbursing them for their efforts or their work. Uh, let them have the job. See what what, what they do without the money. <laughs> it's 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 right. a nice notion. I mean, it. If you're a millionaire, yes, right. Sure. If Elon Musk is doing this, he, <laughs> uh, he can afford it. But sure. uh, Waseem Khan is no millionaire, man. He's he's uh, uh, he's working. And he's putting all his effort and heart in, and he's, he's got to get uh, compensation for it. It's just fair. I mean, it sounds like a nice thing to do, but uh, no one does it. Waseem Akram won't do it. He's a millionaire. Right.
0: <laughs> well, that brings us to the next conversation. Who is going to do it? Um, there's a few names out, out there. I, I'm unsure. I, I think Javed was uh, no, Akib Javed was mentioned for a head coach position. Yeah. Right. You know. And and there's a few names uh, I've heard. Uh, Madhasa Nazar, I believe. There's names all over the place. But the for, for the CEO, I'm not sure what the pool is. Are you? Have you heard of
1: anything about that? I, I haven't read anything. I, I've been just depressed ever since he left. And I, I'm not <laughs> sure, man. Honestly, I, I don't know where we're going to go from here. I think what the ideas that Ramiz has, I, I really think he should be the CEO and not, not the chairman. Because hmm. he, he gets to make the executive decisions. Take him off, man. He has the right ideas. He's trying to add on to what Vasim Khan has already done. So, why is he in chairman capacity? Because his responsibilities right now is management of the organization, right? Uh, I think Ramiz Raja is is, is the best uh, choice
0: at this for point. Everything. <laughs> for everything.
1: I mean, CEO. All like,
0: the jobs. CEO
1: gives him the power, right? Just, <laughs> just take him off the chair, uh, you know the the uh, chairman position and promote him.
0: Well, I I hear you, but I, I, is is the CEO is he, CEO is under the chairman, right? If you if you're looking at my understanding is that uh, the chairman appoints the CEO.
1: Yeah, but the, the the chairman doesn't have, or demote him, whatever.
0: <laughs> the yeah, chairman yeah,
1: yeah. doesn't, is not supposed to make executive decisions. Sure, sure. That's why That's you have C- the CEO, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he can't make, in other words, he can't make a lot of those on the ground changes quickly enough by himself. He always, Ramiz would always have to like solicit consult information and consult with others, where the CEO will make all the decisions. The
1: ultimate decision.
0: Yeah, exactly. Please. So he, he he has the most power in that sense. He has the most immediate kind of power. And uh, Ramiz has less of that. But Ramiz, you, you know, he also has the macro view. And so we, we do need work at the macro level as well. And for that, Ramiz is also uniquely positioned because of his connections all around the world. Right. We saw him um, at the stock exchange, I think, today.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you know, he's really going out there and trying to, at the macro level, get this organization up on his feet so it doesn't depend on others. And local investors are directly involved. And that is something that... The chairman would do, um, you know, be, right. while the CEO is completely immersed in the actual cricket that's happening on the grounds. So I, I see Ramiz's value being added at where he's at, too. I just wish if, you know, right. there were two of him.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He has ability. I completely agree with you. <clears throat> we definitely need Ramiz where he is, but then he can also, if we can trust Ramiz, we can trust him to appoint a good chairman under him. Or or, okay. or or vice versa, you know, get to choose a new CEO. And uh, he, it should be his recommendation. If he knows, sure. uh, I don't know if uh, Imran Khan is still doing that job or, or Pakistani government is, but it should uh, should be under his belt and he should be able to appoint a, a trustable appointee, hopefully.
0: I hope so. and And good luck to Pakistan and good luck to Pakistan cricket. And uh, on that note, I think we should end for uh, this episode and we'll come back in next week and start a conversation about the future of Misbah and Wakar and their stint that they just ended with Pakistan as coaches. So with that said, friends, have a good one. Until next time.